0: Blog Talk Radio. They'll spend time speaking about different goddesses from all over the world, paying attention to the ancient reverence of long-ago cultures, and infusing it with a modern perspective. Elvira, Phoenix, take it away.
1: Hello, it's another episode of The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron.
2: <laughs> and I'm probably feeling more like the Cauldron than the Priestess or the Witch, <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: but yes, it is. Yes, it is. With all joy and happiness that we are showing, even if they cannot see it on the radio.
1: Right. <laughs> yes, yes.
2: So, outside of the fact that we've gone from spring to summer in less than a week, and we're now in. 80- and 90-degree weather that they're forecasting, and we've got the red flag yeah. warnings, which are rather disturbing. Uh, yeah. It's kind of like, okay. So I feel like I can bond with my daughter over um, climate and and uh, elemental extra- extremes because, of course, they've been doing tornadoes and flooding, and now we're kind of going the other side. So... Other than our weather, how are you doing, Phoenix?
1: <laughs> well, Elvira, I'm great. Um, I'm super busy as per usual. It's so funny because I often, you know, check in in workshops or classes or some of the organizations I'm involved with. The first thing we do is have a check-in so everyone can share what life is like at um I always say I'm super busy and I I just need to accept that this is this is life. <laughs> it's your norm. It is my norm. And I what's funny is I really tried to not um, I have a very light schedule the month of June. And yet I still have a ton to do. So, you know, it's funny the way it works out. But. Uh, you know, the daughter, the the kid graduated high school last week. And Yay. so we had lots of, of family and and friends and hanging out and food and celebration. And that was all lovely.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, you know, and now I'm just working, working hard. Lots of, I got edits to do on book number two and trying to start book number three. And there's just lots, lots and lots and lots. But all good stuff and I am I'm also in the middle of teaching an iron pinnacle workshop so that's um you know that's intense too sometimes when you're doing iron pinnacle work it can um, you know it's iron pinnacle work is a, is sometimes like shadow work and looking at the parts of yourself that maybe aren't as evolved as you might like them to be so even when you teach this class that stuff comes up so I I've, I've been having some of that fun stuff happening too Oh joy. Um, but you know, life. Yeah.
2: Life.
1: Yeah. How about okay. you, Elvira? How are you?
2: Well, you know, um, you had the side of having your young fledgling become an adult and graduate. I was actually working, um, one of the grad nights for the local um high schools that we usually do and you couldn't because you had something more important. That was going on with your your daughter, and mm-hmm. obviously it was fun and long. And I mean, I I am not. Oh, let's put it this way: I may be a night owl within my own sphere, but I think I have reached a point where being out until three in the morning and then coming home and planting yourself in bed at four o'clock and then getting up to about <laughs> three, four hours later to start a day was just a little bit more than my state of mind wanted to deal with anymore, let yeah. alone the body or any of that. But it was well worth it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And, you know, the rest of the this last, well, the last two weeks, because, you know, we've kind of been off air, but prerecorded, um, has been you know plugging away just just like you there's a lot of you know things to get done i will be obviously like you in july i'll be leaving to go visit my family and and spend some time there and of course trying to make sure i've got all my things i just went to costco today it was one of my dreaded experiences i mean i go there and i get like focused i and i i, I have learned to avoid the, oh, look at this, look at this, this is this interesting, wow, you know, I don't know if I could live without it, and just stick to my list um, for a lot of reasons, budget being one of them. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, it was it was go in, do the thing, and get out. And I was actually surprised that I made it through in about half an hour or less. And it was like I got a line that there was nobody on, and I'm like, thank you, and off I'm <laughs> But um You know, it's getting all the things set up. So that's kind of been on my mind and, you know, doing my, um, I had a a little bit of my tax stuff I have to finish off and, you know, get that all taken care of. And, you know, it's just, it's been um, duties, I think, is the the best way to describe what's going on. And um, I think you know, my friends are are all doing their thing and um uh, but I did get to start with my very dear close friend of thirty years, um, which because it came on to Netflix was Outlander and I'd read the books but <laughs> you know, I never really saw any of the shows. So this was right. I was kinda of like, Oh, look at that, you know? Um all the people that are reenactors love it, you know, because it's like, oh my God, and they can start talking in their the Scottish brogue and I know, <laughs> I
1: you know, it,
2: it just is funny because I just sit there and I I just kind of go, okay, great, you know, it's even harder for somebody like us if we went back there into that time frame because there's so much more that we have, you know, we've gone farther so that. Getting thrown back, but she was in the 50s, the early 50s. So it was like mm-hmm. there were things, but it wasn't as. I mean, how would you feel if your cell phone and your computer couldn't do the things that you normally expect it to do for everyday use that you have become used to? It would probably freak me out beyond belief. Um, right. You know, let alone anything else. But it was, you know, I got to enjoy that. And so, you know, other than. Trying to do the the things that are like today and next week, and you know I'm like in two places. I'm I, I'm not quite bilocating yet, but hopefully <laughs> we can try. But I did find out something really interesting that you oh. know Arkansas is known for their crystals, and they're right. considered yes, really high And I know you know because of you know dealing with the products that are in your store being and mm-hmm. stones and, you know, the things like that. And um, there's some really interesting stuff now that I'm starting, you know, I'm looking for ley lines and trying to get an idea about stuff. And, and uh, I'd forgotten some of the things that I had been involved in at, you know, I don't even consider it my early time, but the mid-time of when I was, you know, doing explorations. And I'm going, wow, portals and lines (laughs) and, you know, Atlantean. And I'm like, okay, Ovar, I think you've really hit your stride now. (laughs) (laughs) I will be out trying to figure that out when I go back going, hmm, you know, that kind of thing. So our our, uh, subject today is... um, well i mean it's it's all the same thing, but in different terms, it's charm bags and spell bags mm-hmm. and mojo bags, or you know the different versions of what were called you know um a spell bag or a mojo bag and uh you know, I think we can just i think jump in if you you wanna go with it,
1: sure. Yeah, I think um you know, what basically the the next actually the next couple of episodes we're going to do are about spells and different ways of working spells and one of the things is is bags. They're easy to use, they're transportable, you can take it with you, you can hide them in places um and they're one form of container spell. And I the more I do this crazy thing called witchcraft the more I recognize how much everything is the same with just these subtle differences and we might call this thing red and this thing blue but they're both colors you know what I mean Uh Uh Um, so uh, you know mojos charm bags um, no matter how you look at these different categories at the very core of them they are Container spells that are meant to be carried with you or hidden, and I think uh-huh. to the I think of the TV show Supernatural,
0: uh-huh. uh,
1: where the episodes where there have been witches, they've found the witches because they've had a charm bag or a witch bag hidden somewhere in their home or the place where they've been doing witchcraft. Right? Uh-huh. That's not necessarily true. I don't need a, a hidden spell bag somewhere in the house for me to uh-huh. do witchcraft, but I could use a mojo or a charm bag or something like that to bring peace or harmony or whatever into my home. So, you know, this is a type of container spell that's been popularized by some modern, um, well, you know, niche television shows that deal with, you know, witchy and supernatural things, Mm -hmm. but they are a real legit way of doing spell work.
2: Right, right and we both Phoenix and I have done many things on the witchcraft side and how we met actually was through working at Lucky Mojo Curio Company and of course that's very hoodoo African American folkloric and all the 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 various things that go with that and of course mojos are part of the 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 process and when I started there and i started learning it was just like i'm like my brain didn't switch it kept calling them spell bags and now mm-hmm. unfortunately having worked there so long i'm calling them mojo bags and you know my brain was going but you could you could switch now back over to you know spell bags and charm bags and it's like no my brain is over here with the mojo so right but you know they are very um very consistently used, and whether we uh, call them one thing or another, they are—they're um, things that we we like because they're tactile. I know that candles are beautiful and doing magical things with candles and herbs, and you know, then creating all the different things like oils and bath salts and stuff. But I think this is really—it's very tactile, and we can hold it. And whether we ever open it because it's a spell, and obviously in light of um, what that means, it becomes a closed container, thus closing it into that energy. Uh, It still means we can feel all the little things that we put in there and can kind of, it's, you know, like your little um, stuffed toy that you had as a kid. It's like, oh, yeah, I have that if you want to, you know, if you're carrying it or if you want it for a particular personal reason and then there are others that are are done for love and money and things where you're um you're working the energy a different way i just i look at it and go because when i travel <laughs> i travel and i have my spell bags and they're my spell bags are in my purse or you know in my carry-on and then i have some that go in my luggage and and i mean i i I'm always wondering, because they x-ray them, you know, they go through Mm x-rays.
1: I'm
2: wondering what people, you know, actually think. I haven't had anyone (laughs) be upset. I have had people kind of go, you've got, what's that bag that you've got, you know, that you're holding? And it's my medicine bag, which is a spell bag, but with a specific purpose and that. But nobody has ever gone Open it up, so we see what's in it, and I always always thought, you know that would be interesting, like, yeah, feather, rock, you know, some herbs, they aren't
1: right,
2: us, you know that kind of stuff, so but in this day and age, it's so much different than when we were um it was before the hysteria of terrorism and everything, so Anyway, that being said, um, there are things to be said about what, I mean, what is a a charm or spell bag made of?
1: Yeah, well, you know, I think, and the word charm is, has changed meaning in the last, I mean, really, like the last 50 years. Because a charm, the origins of that word is French, and it Uh -uh. means to sing or chant. So Uh charms. Uh, to do a charm used to be to do an incantation and not necessarily to have a little, a bundle, but in modern times, like now, if you ask someone what a charm was, hang on one second. I'm hearing an echo. There we go. Um, If you ask someone what a charm is, they're going to think you're talking about a lucky charm or a charm bag or something that you can wear on your body. Um, So, you know, there's a little bit of a, it's it's interesting to me that that, the 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 meaning behind that has changed, and not that long ago, it started to change. And I I kind of blame <laughs> I kind of blame Lucky Charm cereal for that. But whatever. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, ideally, a, a charm or a mojo or a bundle or whatever is is a fabric container where you, like you mentioned, you place your herbs or your stones or your crystals or, or even charms. You know, you may have a, sh- a little shamrock metal charm or a little St. Christopher charm or something that you put inside the bundle. And basically, it's like any other spell work. You want the, the color of the fabric and the herbs and any little metal figurines you put in there to all be in alignment with what your ultimate goal is. Um, they, you know, what is the word I'm looking for? Correspondences. They should all be correspondences of your ultimate goal. So if you want to create a charm or a mojo or, or some sort of container spell you'll carry with you for protection, you might consider using black fabric. You might consider using rosemary, herbs. You might consider using um, black tourmaline. Uh, but you would want to research what herbs or stones or other ingredients are in alignment with the goal of protection. And the, the fabric is the, the bundle, the container that holds all of those correspondences together. And then you wear that. You put it in your pocket. You hang it from a string on your neck. You hang it from your rear view mirror in your car. But you put it in a place where it's going to, Impact that place. So if you're doing protection for your kid, you know if you've got a little kid in school, they're probably not going to remember or keep track of a charm bag or a mojo. And and if you look specifically at culture, like a mojo has to be treated a specific way. You have to take care of it. You have to feed it. You have to you know do things with it. And maybe we should break this down. You know the difference between these different types of bags. But with certain with witch bundles with with the charm bag, you don't have to do that. Right, and when it stops working, you burn it, you toss it, you release it, whatever. It's you're not really imbuing it with any sort of life force. Where a mojo is different, you are imbuing it with a life force, and you have to take care of that force.
2: Mhm, mhm. Well, it's interesting because um, I thought about what you just said, and you know, this very instant kind of got my aha. It's like I come with. The precept that feeding it is—it's oh, you know—I mean, it—it is a life force, but it isn't necessarily something that I have to do like a like you do with a child or a pet or you know. Your, your significant other where you take care of it in that way. I mean I I guess my sense is, is by my life force. If it's on me, it's around me, I have it, I I talk you know, I I, I talk to it, you know, in that way. I give it energy mm-hmm. in that form. So I guess I do feed it, but I don't do it in a traditional manner. So that just keeps me in line with the fact that I'm eclectic and not traditional.
1: Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, fair.
2: But but yeah, you're right. It it is a difference because <clears throat> there is a different philosophy in the the way um hoodoo is done. I and you know it's mm-hmm. it's got a different uh baseline and so obviously the idea of, you know, feeding it and uh dealing with it as that is important and feeding can be as simple as a little bit of alcohol, um, that you kind of, you know, I don't say pour on it, but you you anoint it or the oils, different oils that you would use, you you do the same thing and and uh, kind of work with that. But um, and you're right, uh, I never really, you know, I started doing a little bit of you know research on this, and obviously the charm bag stuff came up, and I'm like. I call them spell bags, you know. Mm-hmm. That was kind of my my where I learned it from and and um charms to me are just what you said, you know, either it's the old ancient way of um singing or um intoning uh, a spell in that manner, speaking it, singing it. Uh, but I've always thought of them, and you're right, the lucky charms and all of those little things as little objects that are, you know, part of charm bracelets like we used to have mm-hmm. when, you know, they used to have them very back, back, back in the day. Um, but, yeah, uh, it's, it does tend to have, I don't, I'm going to say this, I know this is going to end, but fluffy, it sounds fluffy.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, no, so, I agree and with
2: that. And I'm not saying that's bad. I'm just saying if you're thinking of the power behind something, you can be fluffy and powerful. I mean, just think of Legally Blonde. I mean, that was a very good film to present that kind of image. Yet behind it is a very powerful person. But um, most people coming to the to to Wicca witchcraft. Pagan traditions of, you know, indigenous cultures of what is is their power. They're looking for power. They're not looking for fluff. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. So right,
2: yeah. So, um, do we have any ideas about you know how how would we break them down in terms of like money, etc.? That do, do we do we kind of just you know go money and finances and love and sex and all that or um, how would you how would you describe that
1: Let's say that again I'm not sure I I'm not sure Well I, I was understand. looking at
2: how do we describe the different kinds of I mean we can make a bag for anything but what yeah. would be the generic the the, the 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 like the titles of certain types of bags, you know, I mean mm, what would mm-hmm. what would they look like since we can't show them on, you know, like a demonstration <laughs> how would we oh, right. describe I gotcha. them.
1: Yeah. I gotcha. Well and I think this goes back to the question of correspondence though, right? Um and that and, and I and we have done an entire episode on spellcrafting. So you know if you want a if you want a more um generic overview of spellcrafting, definitely check out that episode. But um, you know there's there's love right which would be reds or pinks and, and er, like right off the top of my head some of the herbs you might connect with that are like roses or basil or um, you know a few other um, types of herbs and I would research that I would recommend Scott Cunningham's Encyclopedia of Magical Herbs for yeah. any type of, of working with herbs Rose Quartz is an excellent stone for love as is uh, wrote a site or anything with a pink or red hue. Uh, uh-huh. But again, research that. There's a, an excellent book called The Crystal Bible. And it doesn't have a million stones in it, but it has uh, several, a couple hundred that are definitely the most common and easy to find. Because that's the thing I notice, especially with a shop. I noticed a lot that people come into the shop, and this is a sidetrack. I'm sorry, but <laughs> people come into the shop and they are like, "Okay, I want to do this spell, and I need this obscure stone, and this obscure root, and this obscure animal part." And I'm like, "Okay, I, you know, I appreciate that you found a spell in a book or online, and you want to get these obscure parts. Obscure doesn't mean it's better. Um, in fact," Some of these, especially herbs that are more obscure, are hard to find because they're extinct or go or they're endangered. So is yeah. there an alternative that you can use? Um, I had someone coming in just the other day who was very upset that I didn't have a specific type of stone. But it's not a stone you can find that's very often that's not in jewelry. And it's very expensive. And what they wanted was a $1 or $2 stone that they could use for their spell work. Well, that's not how it goes sometimes. <laughs> not everything is just accessible. Not everything you can get at Walmart. You know, some things are rare and expensive uh-huh. or uh-huh. endangered. So always look for alternatives. Your correspondences from a spell you found online in, or in a book don't have to be perfect, right? Like like I was just saying with love work, if you don't have a red fabric, then try pink, if you don't have red or pink, white is good for everything. You know, white white's, exactly. white's a, a blessing color, so it can be used for anything. Um. Yeah. Do you want to add anything to that? Because I know I kind of went off on a tangent there for a second.
2: Well, no. I mean, it it is a viable tangent though, because I mean, when you look at all the books that are out there and all the online things, and it's funny because um, I. You know, I had ideas on what I wanted to say and how I wanted to go with this you know and, and some of the research, but even going on for just this particular kind of subject matter, you're going to find all these things that are going to be there, and some of them, honestly um, it's not how I want to put this some of them are right out of um video games. And uh, I'm not saying video games are bad because they do come up with some incredible um, things that are then integrated into their game and, and what they do. But it doesn't necessarily mean you have to find a specific thing that is, as you say, an extinct item. You, you know, Practicality is really very important when it comes to spell bags and,
0: and mm-hmm. things because
2: if you're going to have to wait six weeks for this very rare tooth from this very rare fish that you are supposed to get, um, whatever you may need it for or want it for is going to be pushed back. So a lot mm-hmm. of times what we have in our with our clients is need. Need is immediate. Need is like I've got an interview in, you know, four yeah. days. What do I do? That kind of a thing. So... Um, I know we all like the 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 extravagant things. I mean, it always sounds great. I, my uh, my husband who passed away loved those kind of things. You know, like the big, huge <laughs> smoky quartz crystal that you know, mm-hmm. is, you know. And I'm looking at him like, well, that's really great, and I'm glad you got the cash flow for it and all that wonderful stuff, and it isn't putting us in the poorhouse. But we could have done justice. No, I need this, you know. And so I get get the. Uh, the interest, but you're right. There is a there is a point where be practical about what you you know what you can correspond and use instead of something if you can't find it, um, because I I I go with what you can find. You know, most of us aren't near rare stone stores, and if you want to spend that kind of money for rare stones. Uh, or objects, it does kind of put a damper on, you know, it's not going to be less powerful. Um, Right, and I think
1: that's also something to keep in mind about money. You know, witchcraft, uh, in all the different traditions that folk magic or witchcraft are a part of, people were practicing who didn't have access to often medical care or money, or expensive you know, luxury items, and they used what they had. They grew herbs in their garden. They used things from their own environments, and they not only you know grow using peppermint in a spell is lovely, and you can get peppermint virtually anywhere. But if you grow it in your yard and you take care of the plant and you grow it from seed and you have a relationship with it, it's a much more powerful ally for you than cutting open a tea bag. And pouring the peppermint out that's been processed and handled and had been to a factory and who the hell knows what's happened to it. Uh So it's important to remember that your relationship with those ingredients is just as important as having the quote, unquote, right ingredients. And most of the spells and rituals and things that you're reading in books or finding online, they were made up by someone at some point and the ingredients that they used may or may not be available anymore, and they may or may not be in true alignment with what you're trying to do. So you got to really use your discernment and, and research. Don't just take something at face value because you read it, because someone else right. wrote it.
2: Right, right. And I do want to make mention, because we have talked about you know um, bags and you know, what the concepts are, but a lot of people like to have drawstring bags to Mm -hmm. um, use to open and close things. Now, if you close it completely and seal it that way, um, it has been known to be called a hand, H-A-N-D, whether it's specifically in the African American, it is still considered closed and you don't open it. But a lot of times... um, there are those of us who start out with something and then realize we want to tweak it a bit. so rather than go through the you know the process of untying and doing all the things, I mean we do spell ties you know you know by the knot of one the spell's begun and you know the things that we do, but it's also a a different version instead of you know. Closing it completely, you might want to. Oh my goodness! If I add a little bit of bay leaf, it'll give me, you know, a victory over this as opposed to just the simple things that you had put in to begin with that worked and were fine. But you need something oomphy more. So
1: right, yeah, yeah. exactly. So,
2: but um, so yeah, I think that and and you know, as you say, you know, the colors. I mean, again, correspondence is very good. you know we've we've talked about that we've we've suggested places to look, so the idea of a particular color um, for uh, a specific desire, and I always tell, just like you said, white is good as a generic if you can't find it. Um, mm-hmm. obviously, sewing your own bag, um, making it from your own, you know, whatever it is that you want to make it um, is better uh, in one sense because you're putting all your creative energies in it, all of it now. Not all of us have the the wherewithal, the skill, or the time to do that. So sometimes a a little scarf. I mean, there's something that happened. A dear friend of mine gave me back when handkerchiefs were very popular and women's handkerchiefs. Uh, were very popular. I have a huge stack of these. They're beautiful with embroidery on the sides and, you know, everything. Just take that in what we call a bundle. Um, basically, it's simple. You put it in the center and you put it all together and you kind of turn it around, you know, sort of it and tie it off. Um, sometimes you even use the four corners to tie it, you know, in a, in, in a way that you feel will close it up or keep it safe. Uh, but I... I kind of get I call something it's a spell bag and then from there I kind mm-hmm. of go well oh, okay let's do it this way I know that um uh, putting a design on it or writing something on the actual cloth or um leather or right. you know, to do that empowers it
1: Yep embroidering something into it and anointing the embroidery thread with an oil or um, a specific whispering your prayer into it as you're sewing like these are all really powerful ways to up mm-hmm. your correspondence game <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> i love that it's great up your correspondence and then obviously <laughs> we can when we get back we'll talk maybe about how to empower it or or what you can do to enhance it once you put it all together and uh is there anything that you feel we've left out at the moment? I mean, I know this is we're, – we're giving a lot of different overviews because we've talked about certain things in specific uh, shows, but mm-hmm. this is more of what, would, what do we want to do with the spell bag? You know, I know that, as right. I say, I will do one – to put it in my luggage to keep my things safe. You know, I do it to do something like get get a house. You know, we want to get a house, so you do something of that nature. And, and uh, then I would think you might want to put it in your house somewhere or, or put it in some place where you can bring that energy into
1: you. But any mm-hmm. other ideas? Yeah, well, you know, you mentioned... Um, throwing it in a bag or whatever and um wearing them i think is great you know that's what traditionally you do with a mojo um i like to tuck them like into the backpack of my kid or um, under the sink is a good place to keep some for protections around your home or even hanging them from the windows you know with mojo's you're supposed to keep them hidden traditionally if you're following the, the hoodoo conjure way of working with a mojo, but it doesn't have to for, for a charm bag or uh, a witch bundle or however you want to refer to it. You don't necessarily have to keep it hidden. So you can hide them in plain sight, hang them in a window. I really like. I think I've mentioned this three times now, but hanging it in the, in the rear view mirror of my car, Mm -hmm. um, putting them in potted plants, like there's lots of places that I like to just kind of stick them, because they're easy to make, so sometimes I'll make a few, like half a dozen at a time, and I'll just kind of Mm -hmm. put them places, like little battery chargers that Mm -hmm. are taking care of things so I don't have to think about it,
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's true, that's true. I tend to have, uh, my mechanic loves me because I've got all kinds of doodads in my car and on the back. You know, I actually, because of the way my car happens to be designed, I actually have a back window and a ledge, and I had some, I swear, I had some guy who was, we I parked the car at um, Trader Joe's, and obviously that's my most favorite place to shop for foods and, and delicacies and stuff, and this guy's coming out, and he's putting the stuff in his car, and he goes, oh my gosh, look at all those dragons in the back, because I have a bunch of stuffed dragons, and... It started when my daughter put some of her stuff up there and I always thought it was kind of cute. And then when she went on and became an adult, I still had all these wonderful little things and I and I have um an abalone shell with a bunch of different herbs that you know are in bags and and stones and a couple of charms and I've stuck a dragon on top of it. <laughs> and you know he was just looking at all this and I'm thinking yeah well my mechanic loves me because when they come in they know I I don't touch anything in the in the in this area if you have to tear it apart please let me know so I can take them off and they're like okay alvar
1: <laughs>
2: but you can you can do all kinds of things for say you know literally keeping your car running keeping you know, the plumbing running in your house and keeping things, you know, safe and as you say, charge it up, put it in a little place and let it kind of do its thing and make it useful. And it's I like them just like you. They're simple, they're easy to do. I don't have to spend hours preparing, you know, the potion and everything. I can, you know, put it all together and then we go along on our business. So Do you think we should take a break?
1: We probably should. Let's do that. Okay. We'll be back in a minute.
2: In a moment.
0: is coming your way right off these messages. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Condraman Ollie, Sundays 3 to 4:30, the Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6. Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 4 to 5. And The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Lafay. Fridays, 6 to 7. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern. Sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com.
1: Here we go,
2: yeah, I know we are we are cooking here, um, mm-hmm. so once we get our little spell bag or or mojo or charm bag, how do we go about making it empowering it, giving it mm-hmm. you know giving it juice
1: right right, well, I think that this the question is very interesting, and it is. Um, tradition specific.
0: Uh-huh. Uh, I
1: think that depending on your background, your tradition, the system that you work in, or how what teachers you have, or how you've been trained, this could have a vastly different answer. Um, and there isn't—I don't think there is one right way to do it. Right. Yeah.
2: Right. One. Right. No wrong. Was it right? No wrong way to do it. <laughs>
1: Right, exactly. correct. Yeah, that's Correct. Um, yeah. Uh, so, you know, a f- like a few things, the, a few ways to do it is to breathe into the, the bag, to breathe into the bundle before you tie it up and to whisper to it what its job is, why you've created it, what it's supposed to do. Um, and that's one way of doing it. Another way is to raise energy, just like you would with any other spell. And you can raise energy by chanting or singing or dancing with it or sex magic or however you want to raise energy, but raising that energy and then sending it into that bundle so that it's charged up. Uh Uh Um, You could also infuse it with moon, like the full moon and have it sit in the window ledge and get charged up by the moon or do a a drawing down ritual where you draw down energy from the moon or you draw down energy from a goddess or a specific entity or spirit that goes into the bag and you charge it up that way. Uh Uh Uh, And you could also ascribe to the system that it doesn't require any charging that just by putting these specific ingredients together and understanding what your intention is, You've done it, and that's all you've got to do. Um, and I think, I, I think I've used all of these methods, and I'm sure there are more. Am I missing something?
2: Actually, no. You did really, really, you know, super. I'm sitting here going, no, you. – I mean, you can do ritual. You can. Um, mm-hmm. I tend to tell people the four elements. I think it's for what I look for to get others to work, and not. I mean, myself, I do a bunch of them. I do all of what you've suggested as, as ways. But when I'm working with a client, I will have them utilize the four elements, so water, salt, um, incense, and a candle, and let them, um, without setting on fire anything, you know, run it over the flame safely and through the incense and sprinkle a little water on it and then kind of put it on the, the salt to, to, to bring that energy. And so they feel it more mm-hmm. than it's, just a thing. You know, they've actually put energy in. Definitely, I agree with you, breathing life breath is, you know, the breathing of the energy. Uh, In all traditions, there is that process of using the breath, whether it's the breath with cigar smoke or, you know, water, spurging people with, Mm -hmm. you know, water out of their mouth. You know, there's always the use of the the breath in in some form of Sanctifying, clearing, energizing, kind of a thing. So I agree with that, and um, but I, I kind of, I tend to go, well, oh, let's kind of like a kid. Why don't you put it together and then do this, you know, kind of thing. So, but definitely, you you know, whatever way there's all the cultures ways, um, from very extravagant and ceremonial to something as simple as you say, breathing life into
1: it. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah, yeah. Do you have any other ideas that you want to throw out? I, I'm i kind of looking at my, my notes going, okay, well, listing things isn't exactly, that gets boring, like, this is for this, <laughs> this is for that. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, I mean, I think we have covered a lot of it. You know, I think that it's, there is something about working with um Container spells in general And like I said we're going to break this down more Next week on a whole different topic Of container spells But there is something um, About being creative That's part of this process And letting your intuition guide you And trying things out A pinch of this and a dash of that Like the sort of the, the Fun and mystery of witchcraft Where you're getting your hands dirty And you're trusting your instincts You know when I teach classes where we create spells together, you know, we we come together for a candle spell or a charm bag or whatever, and everyone gets to leave with something. I bring as many things as I can I bring herbs and stones and charms and and colors and clay I bring as many things as I can but then it's up to each participant to get their hands dirty and dig in and play with the things and what I encourage students to do is to pick up because I usually put things in old spaghetti sauce jars all my herbs pick Uh up a jar open it smell it take a pinch of it out hold it to your heart Is this in alignment with what you want to do? Does it feel right? Yes or no? No? Put it down. Yes? Then go look in the book and see what the book says, right? Right. But the way it interacts with you and the way you connect with it is way more important than what any spell book or correspondence or website might say. Right. Uh, And I think that's the part of all of this. That's the part of spell work. That's the part of witchcraft that's fun, it, mm-hmm. it engages your child's self. It engages your your playful spirit, and you need that in order for a spell to be successful.
2: Yeah, because no amount of book learning is going to – you can have all the book learning you want, but then you have to have the practicum and the get out and, mm-hmm. and touch and feel, as you say. Um, you know, you were saying that, and I was thinking I um, – Everywhere I go, uh, it, it tends to be that. But I was remembering going to the beach, and I was holding and looking at different stones and and some shells that I saw, and a couple of pieces of driftwood, little pieces. And I remember picking them all up, and and just you know these really called to me. So I took them home, and they sat sort of in a in a little bowl. Of you know, on my uh, altar area, and I didn't quite know what to do with it. And then there came a time where I needed to create something for flow. And, you know, because of the beach being, you know, like the edge between the unconscious and the conscious, you know, water, things where the water laps back and forth, I really wanted to work with that, you know, to, to be able to go into that area. And so I started putting these things in, in a little bag, and, and then some of the things that, you know, were more herby or stone um, that I suddenly found I had sitting somewhere else all made it into this little bag, and it was it was basically... I didn't want to call it astral travel, but I wanted it for working between the worlds and
1: mm-hmm. that
2: particular bag was very beneficial for the one year that I was doing this whole process that I wanted to do. So, I'd say
0: keep keep yourself
2: open and feel uh the things that are around you. Um, even Bad as it may seem, even if we go to an area that has had our fires and there's charred right. wood, something, there is a um, a power within that energy of transformation that can be utilized in within the use of you know what you're looking for, being more open to go out of the just like you say feel it and then go for mm-hmm. it rather than just mm-hmm constantly refer I mean we all refer to our correspondences we all do and um, sometimes unfortunately more rote than not but uh, it is something that we need to stay in touch with is the feel the feel of what it is rather than the head of what it says it's supposed to be
1: Right. And, um, that's um,
2: that's kind of the way uh, functioning is in general um, for mm-hmm. me over the years, because uh, I've noticed where I was coming from and where I really found myself, and that's very interesting about feeling it because right. all the head learning that I've, I've pulled in and go through and find more of to, to put in there, it still comes down to what is the feel.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's important as a practitioner of all of this to trust your instincts Mm -hmm. and you can't really trust your instincts if you're not engaging with them so one of the ways to do that is through this practice you know like okay i'm going to pick up this stone and hold it and smell it and see how it feels if it's in alignment then i'm going to go check the book you know and even if the book if you if your heart says oh this is a good stone for love and the book says this is a good stone for healing it doesn't matter what your intuition is telling you and how you connect it to it is way more important. It's just like, you know, we, we look at magic sometimes, I think, and correspondences especially, the same way we might look at allopathic medicine. Uh, you know, you have a headache, you take this pill and your headache goes away. You you know, I take ibuprofen a lot and ibuprofen actually is bad for your liver and can cause serious problems later in life. The more you take it, I've taken a lot of ibuprofen in life because I've had to deal with severe menstrual pain and, and other issues. Right. So you're, You're not just taking a pill that's going to solve one problem. It's a chain reaction of what it's going to do to your system because your body is a very complicated system. So Uh thinking that rose course is going to work for your complicated system the way it works for my complicated system is the same way in thinking that ibuprofen is going to work for you the way it works for me. It's not that simple.
2: Right. Right, right. And that's really important because we also need to realize what we are overusing.
1: <laughs> right? It's, yeah, um, absolutely.
2: Um, you know, it's not and I'm not talking about allopathic minister. I'm I'm actually what are we overusing in right. our magical workings in making bags in making the 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 spell bags, the prayer bags, the 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 bags that we, you know, utilize as charm bags, etc. Wh what is it that we overuse? Um I know that a formula is a formula and a recipe is a recipe. But ultimately, for individual use, tweaking it is important. And, you know, one of the things, and I don't know, if, I know whenever I have heard this described, it's this is what you do, and then there's a place for you to add things that are important to you.
1: And, right. you know, that
2: usually is the one area, if, if written well, described well, allows the other person who is going to do this that openness to do exactly what you're saying choose something that might not necessarily be part of what is the line of work that you would need it for and not overuse the, the simpler things that like say well always use rose quartz for love Rhoda mm-hmm. idea is really powerful but it, you know, it could be talking to you for a lot more reasons
1: Right. Absolutely. So but, yeah.
2: um so yeah, we're, well, we're kinda coming close to our end here.
1: Yeah. I think we've we we, we cover a lot of ground here. So, you know, now is is your homework listener to go and do something. Go do some magic. Yeah. The
2: big eye in the sky, actually. Yeah. It's um and it's interesting cuz when you and I sort of we try to connect before the show just to to see where our heads are at and mm-hmm. uh we were talking about the, the the two different versions of what we've got or the, the the broader thing of what container spells are and um I was I was thinking about you know next week's going to be more uh, on more I mean they're going to be harder they're containers that are harder, yeah. not softer. Like these are soft containers. These are things right, that are right. pliable and soft. And um, I don't know. My brain just sort of tweaked out and thought, "Gee, how would you be able to get a container spell of a harder nature through customs?"
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that might be. It might be difficult. <laughs> yeah,
2: but you know, all in all, I mean, it's it's there. There are different purposes for those kind of Uh, Spells, which we will be talking about next week. Um, Yes, and uh, hopefully our weather here will get less. um, How do I want to put this? Less intense. uh, Yeah. We are, you know, uh, because I was actually talking to someone who was one of my neighbors that I saw at the shopping center I was at. We're talking about now. You know, she remembers the wind happening and, you know, listening to her chimes of her, her wind chimes, and she says now she, you know, when things like that happen, she kind of, you know, there's a part of her that, that goes, you know, and I was saying the same Mm -hmm. thing, when we get the heat and the, the kinds of stuff that's going on, I kind of go, oh, not Mm -hmm. for the same, you know, for, for constantly being in fear, but it's, it's an alertness that we never had before and, and right. the kinds of things, you know, somebody was saying, well, you don't know when an earthquake's going to happen, but you know, tornadoes and flooding and, you know, whatever is always something that is, you know, it builds up, you know, it happens. And, you you know, you're kind of you know, thinking, it's not that you're forewarned all the time.
1: But, no, you can't now. You just have to move on, move ahead yeah, and keep going.
2: And keep yeah. going. And, you know, it's all, I'm saying something about life. It's action. It may not be the action we want or like, but it's still action.
1: Right. (laughs) You know,
2: it's like, yep, sorry, kind of have to go that way. But
1: Mm -hmm. with that,
2: um, thank you very much for listening and being a part of, of our ongoing experience of a radio show that we do. And I will look forward to next week talking more about Yeah container spell so
1: yeah we'll see you next week
2: all right, all
1: right. everyone have a nice week bye bye bye, bye.